Hello, 007, right this way. I have something new that may interest you. Welcome to Secrets for an Awesome Life. You ever see someone living a pretty awesome life and wonder, man, do they know secrets that I don't? Yes, yes they do. And this podcast is about those secrets. I'm your host, Joey Massio, certified life coach, educator, and counselor for teens and young adults. Welcome to my show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I don't know who I'm saying welcome back to. I'm the one who left last week. I was uh, gone uh, out of town on business, so there was no podcast episode last week. No, it wasn't a glitch on your phone or on iTunes, but uh, I did not get around to making one while I was traveling. But I was traveling with my good buddy, Ben Pugh, and we were speaking at a middle school in California all week. And man, it was so much fun. We posted some things on our Instagram. But if you are a decision maker at a school, we would love to come speak at your school. I mean, one or both of us could come for an assembly for a day or for a whole week like we did at this school. If you are not a decision maker at a school, but you want us to come to your school, then introduce us to the decision makers at your school. These are generally uh, principals, counselors, anybody in the district who works on uh, bringing mental resilience or social emotional uh, skills to the school. It is the best. We talk about all the good things that I talk about on this podcast and many more. And we help students, middle school and high school, we help students really take control of their life and go from sidekick to hero, personally, academically, and emotionally. So have them send me an email, joey at firmlyfounded.com. And now episode 90, Becoming Anti-Fragile. Now, 007, if you could please return the watch this time, that would be much appreciated. No promises, Q. Now, let's talk transportation. This first car is Prototype 1. I like it. It's shiny. Yes, that shimmer you see is the camouflage feature built into the material. There is only one problem with it, though. If I hit it with this hammer, the glass breaks allowing people to see right in, defeating the whole purpose of camouflage? Quite so. This next car is Prototype 2. We went away from camouflage and focused on exterior strength. The body and windows are impenetrable. Hitting it with a hammer causes no damage. See? Brilliant, Q. Simply brilliant. But, we thought, why stop there? Well, I thought it was good enough. Good enough, yes, but... Not the best. Which leads us to prototype three. The body and windows are made out of a unique material of my own design. When force is applied to it, it doesn't just not break, but it gets stronger. Watch. Notice how the cracks healed themselves, and the impact site of the hammer is now completely gone. Hmm. Fascinating. It gets better. If I hit it with the hammer again, even with greater force... No damage this time. 
The more it faces opposition, the stronger it becomes, until even cement walls and buildings cannot stand in its way. Really? What if I take this machine gun over here? Bond no, please don't. Yes, y you see, 007, the initial bullets ricocheted, which made it dangerous for everyone present, but as the material got stronger, the bullets started to drop dead on impact, until finally the material became so strong that the bullets disintegrated completely. I call this material anti-fragile. Lovely. I'll take one in blue. Becoming anti-fragile. I've been studying this all summer. I love it. I've been teaching it all summer to the teens in our firmly founded membership. And it is one of my favorite things now. So the concept is based off of the book, uh, Anti-Fragile, written by Nassim Nicholas Taleb. And the subtitle is Things That Gain From Disorder. And it's fascinating. There's so many good concepts in there. So first off, there's three categories. First, there's being fragile, which is something that breaks easily. Then there's being robust, which is actually in the middle, and that's something that does not break easily. But then there's a third category way over here, which is anti-fragile, which is something that gets stronger when broken or put under uh, stress. Now, I've done some podcasts over the summer on some elements of the book, just as they've been on my mind. But in this episode, I really wanted to go over the whole summary of what it means to be anti-fragile and the number one secret to becoming anti-fragile. Because uh, I know a lot of listeners out there, they were in the membership, uh, which you guys totally should be, but you guys aren't in the membership yet. And uh, I, I want you guys to have this. So uh, an example of being anti-fragile is Hydra. So if you're familiar with Hydra, the beast that Hercules fights in Greek legend and mythology, if you cut off one head, then uh, two more grow in its place. You might also be more familiar with Hydra from the Marvel comics and uh, you know, the cinematic universe. Hell Hydra, we get all that, right? Um, so that's an example of being anti-fragile. When damage was done, it got stronger. Now, being anti-fragile is a choice we have to make. And I believe everyone can make it. Everyone. It might take some practice, but everyone can choose to be anti-fragile. Because here's the thing. I believe that people choose to be fragile. And it's a choice. Now, it's probably the first choice of our brain. And we generally don't question it. So we just let it happen. But it is a choice. Now. Here's a summary of the three concepts, again, put in a different way. And I, I really like this. I found this online somewhere. It says, a system is considered fragile if it is sensitive to errors. A system is determined to be resilient if it is insensitive to errors. And a system is thought to be anti-fragile if it improves with errors. Now, you can apply the concept of anti-fragility or anti-fragility to lots of systems, whether it's economics or education or whatever. But 
For me, the system that matters most is you. You are your own system made up of your mind and your thoughts and your body and, and all this stuff and your interactions with others. So when it says system, I want you to think of you. Now, when it says a system is considered fragile, if it is sensitive to errors, I want you to look at errors as anything that would be things we don't wish to happen or don't wish to be. We may even look at them as errors. For example, our own actions that we wish we didn't take. Oh man, I wish I wouldn't have said that or I wish I wouldn't have done that. Or it could be just something that's a part of who we are that we view as errors. Oh man, I'm this short. My head is this big. I have no hair. Those are all things about me, for example, that my brain could easily look at as errors and then I could be more sensitive to those errors. Or an error could be what other people do that we wish they wouldn't do. But alas, we can't control other people, so they're doing it anyway. So I'm gonna put all those types of things into that category of errors. So when you look at that last sentence in that summary, a system or us is thought to be anti-fragile if it improves with errors. That means all those things I just mentioned, there's a way for us to allow those errors, perceived errors, to actually make us stronger. Because quite often, we choose to be fragile. We choose to either be offended or to self-doubt or to look at other people or uh, other things as uh, things that are in our way that are stopping us whether this is subconscious or not. And that's the whole business I'm in as a life coach is my job is to help teens bring all those thoughts, those subconscious thoughts that are limiting you up to the surface. That's, that's what I do. So here's an example, prime example. I've coached many teens and college students after a bad relationship. Uh, I'm, think about just the most toxic person that they were dating and they did all these things and they cheated on them and all, all that stuff, right? Um, these clients of mine would view themselves as being broken. Like literally, oh man, I'm so scarred from that. You know, I have this trauma and I'm talking about little T trauma. And I know some people out there might be like, no, there's big T trauma in that. Awesome. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. That's not my specialty. My specialty is that little T trauma where we kind of choose to be traumatized by it. We choose to make it a big thing. And they even view themselves as being broken, which is literally being fragile. I'm now broken. And maybe after a while, they've, they've healed their broken heart, uh, but now they're scarred and it's weaker than ever now. Now they are a weaker person at relationships because of all this. You know, because, and now they, they tell themselves, I now suck at relationships because of what happened in past relationships. I do not believe that is a necessity. I think that is a choice. I don't think, and for a lot of you teens listening, maybe you haven't even gotten into any relationships yet or even had one that was toxic, but if you have, you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, be aware of it because your brain is always going to have that option to look at a breakup and go, oh, well, now I'll never trust again. And all that does not need to happen because it's all in our heads. Now, why don't we view it 
more like this, more like, oh man, look, I'm glad I've learned what works for me in relationships and the type of person that I do want and the type of person that I don't want. I'm still awesome. And this person wasn't my jam or I wasn't their jam. And it looks like this is something that I shouldn't pursue again, this type of relationship. Okay. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. And then you learn from it and then you grow from it because funnily enough, quite often people who look at themselves as damaged goods or whatever, they end up getting in the exact same type, type of relationships without learning anything from it. They just go right into another relationship with another person who's very similar to that first person. And oh my goodness, I wonder why this is happening. Well, because you're not learning. So learn from what happened. Now, that is actually my story. For those of you, of you who haven't heard the story yet, I married a girl I met in high school. And we got married, we dated for a long while, and it was kind of like, I really wanted her to marry me. And she's like, oh, I don't know, I, I love you, but marriage isn't for me right now. And but I, So I stuck with it, and eventually we got married. I like twisted her arm, and we got married. And like three years later, we got a divorce. Uh, and now there were lots of things in there that I could have used to make myself broken, to choose to be fragile. Well, now I'm almost 30. And I'm going to be single, but not just single, divorced. Uh, I had this receding hairline because back then I, you know, still let my hair grow out and I didn't bick it like I do now. I think it looks a lot better now. But uh, I had this receding hairline. I'm a, a writer, which means I'm a waiter and I'm essentially damaged goods. That thought came to my mind first, but I wouldn't let it stay. And this was even before I found life coaching. I was just like, no, I'm not going to choose to believe that. Why would anybody choose to believe that something that I went through has made me now less of anything? So instead, I'm just going to go, you know what? I'm still a really awesome catch. And the thing that I want is still achievable. I want a happy marriage in, with someone who still wants to be a uh, part of the same church as I do. Cause that was one of the issues with my first wife is she decided just to leave the church that I belong to. And for me, that was super duper important. Um, and I, my whole vision of what I wanted, I could still get, yeah, that that's totally within my realm. I can get that. I'm still a catch. I'm not broken. In fact, I want to be the best husband ever because of this. A day after my divorce was final, I went on my first date with Angela, who seven months later married me. And I am, you can ask her, I am the best husband ever. Like she says this often and I'm proud of it. And I try super hard to manage my thoughts and to show up as the best husband ever, because that's who I want to be. That makes me feel happy. And I couldn't do that if I let some cock and bull story that, oh, because I went through what I went through, now I'm broken or now I can't have the relationship that I'm going to want because of all these things. It's a choice. Now, this applies to other areas of life as well. You can apply this in relationships, like I just mentioned, or in school, academics, in athletics, in pursuing literally any goal, in becoming an entrepreneur, or even applying it to actions you've taken in your past. I'll give you another example. I was coaching a college student who was arrested for something he was ashamed of doing. He, was, he had a lot of shame around this and he was kind of stuck in his life because he was afraid 
to build a business that he wanted to, to build. And he was, he essentially, rather than building a business that he wanted to build, he built a, a fragile world in his mind for himself that he lived in, that he could lose his job or any business he built in the future at any moment, just like, like that. If someone wanted to cancel him because of that one choice he made back when he was 18 years old. And he was like, oh man, that's going to come back to haunt me. He was choosing to be fragile, but he didn't know it. It was something that he wasn't aware of. And I, and I kind of showed him his thoughts. And I was like, how could your, your experience of being arrested and all that make any company you create stronger? And that was a foreign thought to him. There was no way he thought that error could create a more stronger him or a more stronger product. And we talked about it and I was like, what if on your sales page, you even said, hey, look, when I was 18, I made this choice and I was extremely dumb for it. And I, you know, however you wanted to pitch it and say, but because of that, I now do what I do, you know, and going on and doing it. And it's totally an option. People do that all the time now. And some people are going to hear about your business and go, whoa, that guy's past is crazy. And look at what he's done because of it. Oh man, I feel you. I want this guy to work on my whatever, like whatever he was going to do. I think he wants to kind of become a coach or a consultant or a counselor of some kind. I was like, that would be great. He just wasn't aware of it. So, okay, you're probably sold now. Hopefully you're sold now on the fact that being anti-fragile is a choice and is the best thing for you. So how do you do it? That's today's secret for an awesome life. How you let errors in your life improve you is to not take them personally. It's also one of my secrets for building self-confidence. It's pretty much the same thing here. When you make an error, whether it's something you've done, whether it's however you look, or whether it's something other people have done, I remember our definition for errors, if you let an error mean something about you personally, you're not good enough, you're never going to make it, uh, you're undesirable, whatever, then you will be fragile. However, if you do not take it personally, you have a firm grasp on your own self-identity and who you are, and you can separate errors. Yes, even choices you've made, even choices you made yesterday. You can separate yourself from all of that, from those errors. Then you're on your way to becoming anti-fragile. And man, I don't know about you, but my goal in life is to become someone that's so anti-fragile that like James Bond's car in that little story at the beginning of the episode, nothing can stop me because I'm just going to keep going and no wall or obstacle that I perceive is going to be able to hold me back because I will not only be anti-fragile, but I will be unstoppable and you can be unstoppable too. Hey teens, would you say you are the sidekick or the hero of your life? You see, sidekicks play small. They let their emotions stop them from doing the things they want to do. Heroes, on the other hand, heroes are always in control of their destiny. They still struggle, but they know how to struggle. They know how to develop self-confidence, 
manage their emotions, and take the action they need to so their story ends the way they want it to. If you want to stop being a sidekick and start being the hero of your story, let me be your coach. I take teams from sidekick to hero in the Firmly Founded Family Membership. And this membership isn't just for teens. We have stuff in there for parents as well. So if you're ready to switch into hero mode, go get your parents and go to firmlyfounded.com to see when our doors to the membership open next.